Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 217 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Deidre Colvin. Deidre lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she leads marketing for private equity firms. Welcome, Deidre. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you. This is my favorite part of the week, talking to intermittent fasters and hearing your stories. Every story has something great to add to our collective wisdom about intermittent fasting and living our best lives. Absolutely. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Sure. So let me just give you a little bit of my background and what kind of led me to seek out intermittent fasting. And and it very much was at the time me looking for a way to lose weight. 
I have struggled my entire life with weight, but more so with the idea of weight, with food. I wrote to you about a year ago, last March, and was probably in the very best position I've ever been in my entire life. I had been an OMAD, one meal a day, IFR, for about two and a half years at that point. So fasting forward to today, it's now about three and a half years. Life was just good a year ago. And spoiler alert, life is still very good. Good. Um, <laughs> but I have, I've, I've had some challenges recently that I think just really validate the intermittent fasting lifestyle. So I'll, I'll cover that. But I started dancing when I was very, very young. I know you also have a dance, dance background. I do. What kind of dance did you do? Ballet, tap, theater, jazz, lyrical, modern, you name it. I did it all. But, you know, definitely rooted in ballet. As you know, that lifestyle and the people that you surround yourself with, typically they're very image conscious and body conscious. I was introduced to that body conscious lifestyle at a very young age. So I was always, I guess, kind of obsessed with being very small. I I wanted to be very thin because the thinner you are, typically the, I don't know, it's just part of being a dancer. Well, it is. It is. And and also like nitpicking your body and feeling like, why don't my legs look like her legs or whatever, especially with ballet. I don't have a ballet body. (laughs) It's kind of good. I think that a ballet body is very different today than what it was 25, 30 years ago. I think there's a lot more room for all sorts of body types in ballet and dance and all of that, which is fantastic. But it was definitely something that was always on my mind. I also happened to have two parents who were very body conscious. And though I think they meant well and certainly never said anything to intentionally draw my focus toward that, I remember comments and little things, don't ever get fat, people don't like fat people, and life is harder when you're big. And I was afraid, you know, I was afraid of gaining weight as a young person. So just always very obsessed with being thin and remember, you know, being a teenager and hearing about the college 15 when you go into freshman 15 and telling myself I was what, five, seven, 107 pounds, 17 years old and telling myself, if you ever get over 120, you might as well just not even live anymore. Literally that, you know, that negative self-talk kind of just preparing myself. And it's really heartbreaking, right? To think about. And, and again, I, I know your parents meant, well, they wanted to save you from what they felt would be the pain of trying to get you to not you know, suffer from what they thought would make your life harder, but what a sad message to internalize. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And to have it always in your head and always in the back of your mind that your value or your worth is somehow tied to a number on a scale. Exactly. Or even a feeling in your body. I survived the getting over 120 pounds quite well. (laughs) But you went off to college. That's why I interrupted you. Yeah. Went off to college, gained some weight, was fine, was healthy. Got married very young, got married when I was 21. I remember specifically weighing 132 pounds because those dates and when you're weight obsessed, those numbers tend to stick with you. I know you've got some in your head as well that you've shared. Absolutely. And 132 pounds is a very healthy and lean weight for someone who is 5'7". Yes, absolutely. And I felt good at that weight. Kind of your wedding day, that's always the day people say is when you feel the best. I wouldn't have turned away probably five pounds, but (laughs) no, I felt good. And I was about 132 until I had my first child. So I gave birth to my daughter about three years after we got married and I weighed about 180. So I had gained close to 50 pounds during that pregnancy. And quite frankly, for the 22 years that followed, I struggled with the weight roller coaster. 
never really lost the weight, maybe would get down to 150, but it was white knuckled, you know, every diet you can try, calorie restriction, all of the diets that you mentioned, Jen, in your story. I can't say I tried them all, but I definitely tried a lot of them. And I was either always on a diet or off the diet, very bipolar in terms of either all or nothing kind of mentality. That was me and always planning the next one, right? I could be like on a diet planning the next diet. Of course. Did you ever do that? Well, today I'm doing the cabbage soup diet, but I hate it. So what diet am I going to do when I finish this terrible diet? Yeah. And it's such a waste of time because you're traumatizing and re-traumatizing yourself just over and over and really just not enjoying the moment, not enjoying all of the wonderful, beautiful things that life has to offer because you're constantly thinking, what's next? How will I get back to whatever, whatever that goal is. So fast forward 22 years of all of that, July, 2018, I had just come back from a family vacation. Every family vacation, I would come back five, 10 pounds up because I would overconsume food, alcohol, you name it. I would feel terrible. So I came back in July, 2018 from family vacation, felt just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, as they say. And so once again, for probably the 80th time in 22 years, I was like, okay, I'm committing again to losing weight. I plugged in 182 pounds into my fitness pal, because that was the only way I really knew how to lose weight was to just calorie restrict and track it. I probably was more like 185, if I'm being honest, but I put in 182. That's where I was going to start from. And I started logging everything in my fitness pal, which had worked before. I did that for about a month, probably never going over 1200 calories in any given day and lost zero pounds. Oh, I know that story. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm broken. And I was broken. Truth of the matter was I had dieted myself and roller coastered myself to the point where I had complete metabolic inflexibility, insulin resistance. I had never even heard the term. I knew nothing of it. I just knew I was broken and I had to figure out a way to find my way back to some sort of health. And just personally, I'm a voracious reader. I'm a lifelong learner. You know, I have an MBA. I've got a doctorate degree as well. Mine's in business administration. So I too am not a medical doctor. I do understand research and I understand what it means to find empirical data and to look for things that have been peer reviewed and tested and not just take what someone says with a grain of salt. So I knew I was broken and the only way I could figure out how to fix myself was to teach myself. So I started reading. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories 
promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And the first book that I found was It Starts With Food, which is, oh, I know I'm not going to remember her name, but the whole 30 Melissa. Melissa. I can't think of her last name now. Hartwig. She, is it Hartwig? Hartwig. Yes, Hartwig, it was but then different. I feel like it, yeah, the whole 30 girl. Yes, the yeah. whole 30 girl who's amazing. So I read that book and man, did it piss me off. She's the French. It <laughs> That's pissed okay. me off because I'm like, I'm an intelligent, educated, information-seeking woman in my 40s at the time, early 40s, I guess. Yeah, something, whatever. And I'd never heard about any of this stuff. And, you know, I'm trusting what our government tells us is healthy and the standard American diet. And here I am learning all of this stuff. So I started the Whole30 immediately. And while I did the Whole30, which is an elimination diet, basically, to it's a 30-day program to help you eliminate foods that could be cause stressors and inflammation and hormonal issues and things. So I did that. And as I was doing the Whole30, I continued to read and listen to podcasts. And during that time, I found Maria Emmerich and I read Keto Adapted and I read Keto Fast by Dr. Mercola. And for whatever reason, it took me down the keto rabbit hole. I literally white knuckled my way through the whole 30, (laughs) never got that tiger feeling that they tell you you're going to feel amazing. And I maybe had five (laughs) minutes of it. It was, it was a hard 30 days for me Right. and I lost four pounds and that was frustrating. But at the time it was like, well, I hadn't lost a single pound on 1200 calories. And you know, during whole 30, there was no calorie counting. There was no, it was just wheat approved foods and you go about your day. So the scale was moving but I knew I couldn't stick to Whole30 and you're not really supposed to. So on day 30 of the Whole30, I started keto. And when I do something, I do it all the way. Me too. (laughs) It was under 20 net carbs a day, which is very hard to do, by the way. It is hard to do. (laughs) It's extremely hard to do. Yeah. But I felt immediately fantastic. Oh, good. Good to hear. Yes. So for me, whatever the inflammatory foods were, getting that very low carb was a great way to help with my inflammation. And I started to lose about two pounds a week. Wow. Which was also unheard of for me. So as I got more and more into the keto diet, I realized that I wasn't hungry for breakfast. I've never really been, I'm one of those people who ate breakfast because we were told to eat breakfast. We were supposed to, and you wanted to be healthy. And they said breakfast was healthy. And so you ate it. That's right. So I was listening to my body and just would bring a healthy lunch to work. I would eat it at noon. And then it was like, I'm not hungry. So I'd wait till one. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not hungry. So I'd wait till two. My body was very naturally 
evolving to this fasting lifestyle that to date I hadn't really heard about. But as I continued to read, I found Dr. Fung, Dr. Jason Fung. I read both the Diabetes Code and the Obesity Code, and I'm excited to read the Cancer Code, which recently came out. I read The Complete Guide to Fasting, which he co-authored, I think, Jimmy Moore. Yep, that was Jimmy. Yep. And again, continued to just be angry at all of the things that nobody taught me and also that are so unaccessible to the vast majority of people who don't know to seek out empirical articles and who don't even know where to start. So I became very frustrated. But from those books, I found What When Wine, Melanie's book, and I found Delay, Don't Deny, your book, which also then led me to the IF podcast and then Intermittent Fasting Stories, Melanie's biohacking podcast. I'm caught up on all of them. But Delay, Don't Deny, when I saw that book, I was like, wait a minute, I've heard of this before. And it turned out about eight months prior, a coworker, a colleague who had lost weight recently had told me about this thing called intermittent fasting and this book, Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens, and you should really read it. And after about a 10 minute conversation with her, I literally filed it away into my note, never going to do that, you know, piece of my brain. Why would I restrict what I eat to this tiny little window? There's no way I could do that. You know, so eight months later, I'm finding this book now through these other, you know, books that I'm reading. So I'm like, well, maybe I should consider this whole fasting thing. Uh, no, wait, by the way, I'm, I'm actually already doing it because I'm not eating. I'm eating between 10 or 2 p.m. and probably 10 p.m. at that point, just naturally. Man, I probably read all of those things within a weekend. By November 18th or November 20th, I think it was, of 2018, I was officially one meal a day. I had a four-hour eating window, typically from like 6 to 10 p.m., And I never looked back. It was a cakewalk. I was continuing to lose weight. I stayed pretty well keto just because that's what I felt really good on. And for the most part, I would say it was clean, cleanish, as you would say. Can I pop in a comment real quick about that? And it's just, it's fascinating to hear, you know, because you started with Whole30, you didn't feel great eating that way, which is so huge because you're like, well, everybody says you're going to feel great eating that way. And you didn't. And then you switched to keto under 20 net carbs a day and you felt amazing. And that is how we know, you know, when you feel amazing. Now, you know, from hearing my story, I did not feel amazing when I ate keto. I did not feel amazing. And I feel amazing when I have more starches, when I have some meat, not a ton of meat, but lots of beans. I feel my best. The more beans I eat, the better I feel. But we have it inside of our bodies to listen. And I just wanted to really just drive that point home for everybody who's listening. The fact that you felt great is huge. And so I love that you've kept eating in the way that you feel great. And you're still, you'd say, you'd still describe yourself as mostly keto. No, actually, oh, okay. which is which is interesting. <laughs> but but you're, you're exactly right. And the, I think the point to really drive home is to always continuously listen to your body because what's right for you one day isn't necessarily going to be right for you the next day. I think we have to be open as scary as it is. And I think especially people who come from a a lifespan of dieting, that diet mentality, the fear that comes along with losing something that works, man, that can be debilitating, right? So I think it's important that we continuously listen to our bodies and that we're okay with it if our bodies tell us we need something different and to just trust the body and go that route. Because I think we can oftentimes 
stick with something that isn't working anymore too long because we're that's huge. You're like, well, that was working. It's got to keep working. Exactly. Okay. So you stayed keto for a while. Let's go back to the point in the story. Yeah. So I lost 50 pounds within, I always say within the first six months, I, I bet if I were to look back and by the way, I started using the window app. November 20th of 2018. I've used it every single day since. I hate that it, I don't like all the things they've done with it. But I mean, it's, it makes me it's got all my data. I've it's got all my data, so I keep it. I apologize to the world. I'm trying to get Cal to keep it, but he was graduating from college and said, I'm not going to have time and they're going to pay me this money. I'm like, whatever you want to do, baby, do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it still makes me sad. It's like I a know. part of our I family. I loved the simplicity of yeah. it. How you know, And of course, as with everything, they have to monetize and make everything, you know, but yeah, so I had lost 50 pounds probably within the first four to six months. I mean, it just fell off. When your body's in that groove, bam. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. And I was eating. I was never hungry. I mean, I haven't calorie counted since. I haven't, you know, weighed anything since or obsessed over it. And so I got to that 132 very quickly. And I'm like, man, I've arrived because that was my wedding day weight, right? So in my head, it's like, okay, I've, I'm there. I'm in maintenance. But what happened is over the next five or six months, my body continued to burn fat and to lose weight. And I got down to 125, which is at 5'7", I'm small boned. That was too small, too low of a weight for me. I started feeling like embarrassed almost. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't I'm feel too, your best. I did. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is too thin. I don't, I don't want to be here. And the only way I knew to gain it back is it was to not do keto anymore, but was to add back some carbs. And so I really went from being very strict keto to being more paleo. I would say the 80, 20 rule, you know, mostly paleo, but I would add, you know, I would have bread every now and then or, or whatever. I didn't really, you know, super restrict. And that helped me get to where I, I really then maintained somewhere between 128 and 132 and very easily. And that's really where I was a year ago today, very happily maintaining 128 to 132 and pretty much eating whatever I wanted. I And I had gotten to where my window would was a lot more flexible. I, I was less strict. And it really just felt like this is the easiest lifestyle ever, right? Although when I look back at my data in window app, for whatever reason, no matter how loose I thought I was with my window, I still average that four-hour eating window. It's just where my body, it's where I am. That data is important to have, isn't it? I love it. I love the data. Yeah. I love it. Because, you know, we don't really know when you're just living your life. Because people ask me, they're like, how long is your window? I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) I don't know what it averages because I don't track it. Right. It's nice to have just to know it, right? And to see where, because our bodies do, I think, generally tend to find themselves into whatever best lifestyle works. But about eight or nine months ago, so I'm happy I'm settled into this life. I'm continuing to read. I found all of these wonderful books and people, you know, Rob Wolf, Abel James, and Dr. Perlmutter, James Nestor's Breath, that most of these books I'm hearing from on yours or Melanie's podcast, and I'm reading them and I'm loving it. Todd White, my favorite person in the world, Dry Farm Wines. Oh, I love it. Not trying to plug it, but it's the only wine I buy. Oh, can I tell you a funny story about that real quick before you Absolutely. Keep going? If we're talking Chad wine, I'm happy. <laughs> is now a believer in the Dry Farm Wines because... I bought it for him for Christmas. I've been buying him. Like, I don't drink a lot of red wine, even dry farm red wine. Red wine is not the best for my body, but Chad loves red wine. He'll have like a little tiny Chad amount. (laughs) And 
we were like out of it and more was on the way because of the way I'd set the shipping. But he had like this bottle of wine that someone gave us at Christmas and it was like an American wine and he opened it and was drinking it. And I had one little sip. I'm like, well, it tastes really good. I wonder what's in it, right? <laughs> I'm sure there was something in it. But then the second day that he had some, he was like, my ears are ringing. Yesterday, my ears were ringing. I can't drink this wine. I can only drink dry farm wine now. And I'm like, wow. And Chad's really cheap. So let me. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, I know. It's but, hard to it's hard to commit to, to spending that uh-huh. on a bottle. But, but he, we poured out the free bottle. We poured yeah. it out after it. Because he, he's like, I can't drink that anymore. So, yeah, I am a firm believer in dry farm wine. So anybody who doesn't know about it, go to jenstevens.com slash cleanish, and it's there. And it it really is worth the difference. It really is. And, yep. and yeah, Todd White's great. My husband and I, we open a bottle and it doesn't, there's never any left over. I mean, so that's what, two two glasses per, right. you know. So well, we'll Chad will stretch a bottle for like a week. No way. I'm can't do kidding. it. Can't yeah. do it. So... <laughs> Love it. And, and and even when we go to restaurants and have wine, we I can't tell you the last time I had a wine from the United States. I'm always looking for something in Europe with 12.5% or less alcohol, organic if they have it. But yeah, dry farms is all we drink at home. So anywho, life is good. I'm, I'm loving the learning. I'm You're going I'm, down the rabbit hole. I'm going down the rabbit them. holes. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I've read, of course, Fast Feast Repeat, Cleanish, going off on a little tangent there man, have I made some major changes in my products. And I had already cleaned up my skincare and makeup prior to Cleanish coming out. But now it's like, I've done a complete overhaul of my laundry detergent, my dish detergent. I don't have any plastic, any utensils or anything like that. Everything's bamboo. I've really just cleaned things up because... It's not that hard though, is it? It's really not. You have to buy it anyway. You do. And people people have told me that they felt a little overwhelmed when reading Cleanish. And I get it because there's a lot of information, but the solution is not overwhelming. The problem might be overwhelming, but the solution is simple. So anybody who picked up Cleanish when it first came out and you started reading it, and you're like, oh my God, I have to put this away. I can't pull it back out because ignorance is is not really bliss. Knowledge is power. And it's not that hard to swap out get bamboo utensils. No, it's not because it can be. Yes, it can be overwhelming. And if you swap it out all at one time, yes, there can be an expense to it. But I just took one room at a time. So I took my laundry room and I swapped out everything in my laundry room. And then when that was done, I went to the kitchen that was a little bit bigger. (laughs) And I swapped out everything that I could in my kitchen. And then I went to my bathroom and cleaning supplies. And I'd already done my makeup and my anything that I used skincare wise on my my body, I had already fairly well cleaned up. But one of the biggest gifts of that book for me is the EWG, the Environmental Working Group, the app. I had no idea it existed. So now I'm just, you can scan things. Everything I buy is either EWG certified or it's a one or a two on the little toxin scale. And this will date, we're recording this March, but I just got an email from the Environmental Working Group today. I'm on their email list. Amazon has a new line of products that are EWG verified. So this is getting out there. It's going to get easier and easier because consumers are demanding safer products, which is fabulous. You know, just like I was on the cutting edge of intermittent fasting, we are on the cutting edge of better products for our bodies because people are demanding it. There's going to be more organic foods. It's going to get easier and easier. So such good news. Yeah. And I'm just grateful for all of the people who have kind of spearheaded this effort because it truly is, including you and all of the people I've mentioned as well, 
it is a grassroots effort. We absolutely can't rely on the powers that be, our government, whatever, to tell us what's good for us. We've money talks to, in government. Money and, talks. And I'm not taking any political side. It's both sides. It, it's, Sorry, it everybody. Is yeah, it's political yeah, it's on every sides. side. It's like yeah. if yeah. So we have to educate ourselves, and we have to demand the products that are going to feed our health, whether that be food or products that we use and are around that generate the toxins in our bodies that make us unhealthy, we've got to educate ourselves and then we've got to demand those products. And the more people that do that, then we're helping the people who don't know, right? And a year ago, some of those products were cost prohibitive and the costs are going down because there are becoming more and more options and that's really important. So I'm excited to see the pendulum shift a little bit and to see the power really sitting with the individual consumer. So I would encourage everyone to read Cleanish and not just that, but just to be open to learning and at least, at the very least, be not comfortable. Ignorance is bliss. It's not. Like you said, ignorance is not bliss. It's scary to learn, you know, because it it does feel overwhelming and sometimes you feel like there's not a whole lot that you can do, but every little bit helps. So the more we can do to educate ourselves, the better. Life has been really good. Everything has been working like clockwork. Up until about eight months ago, I started to wake up and feel heavier in certain places. Like things started to fit a little tighter, like in my, you know, my chest area. And then I started to feel like my, my pant legs were getting a little tighter and my feeling fat that wasn't there before. And, and for no reason, obviously that's not true because there's always a reason, right? But I couldn't pinpoint, you know, I'm, I'm not eating any differently, maybe a little, so I'll tighten up here and but the scale's going up, up, up and up. And, and the things that have been working for me to maintain aren't working anymore. So I try, okay, I'm going to go back to keto just to see, maybe I just need a, a refresher or whatever. So strict keto, nothing, you know, lost the two or three pounds of water weight that you always lose in your first refresh or reboot of keto. And then nothing, all of my pants too small. Now, all, all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere. So I'm like, what in the heck is going on? And that's a scary place to be because you feel broken again. It's like, oh no, I've been doing this for three and a half years. It's been working. And now all of a sudden it's not working. Well, fast forward, turns out, you know, I'd gone to the other side. I'm now postmenopausal. I'm 40. How old am I? I just turned 49. I had a hysterectomy though, 10, 12 years ago. So normal for me to be earlier on the postmenopause side, but because I had a hysterectomy, I couldn't tell that I was going through perimenopause or any of that. My doctor confirmed that I was postmenopausal. So I'm thinking the only thing that this could be is hormones. I've got hormonal issues that now I have to figure out. So eight months ago, I'm back at that. I've got to figure things out again. And so start seeking and reading about hormones and found Dr. Stephanie Estima, the Betty Body, and she has a better podcast and she does a lot of stuff with hormones. Dr. Anna, I had read the hormone fix years ago, but now I actually have a hormone problem. So I read her recently, the Keto Green 16, and started on that protocol. And actually, I had gained about 15 pounds, which is a lot, you know. Oh, it is. It feels bad on your body. Yeah. It feels bad on nothing fits at all. You feel inflamed. The Keto Green and Dr. Anna's protocol really got that 10 of the 15 pounds got it off. So I'm kind of trying to figure out now, am I just in this new, I'm five pounds up and that's just my new paradigm postmenopausal? If so, that's okay. It's frustrating because a lot of my pants still don't fit, even with five pounds, because there's that body recomposition again. It's different. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's my body's not the exact same that it was. So instead of trying to chase that, now I'm just trying to chase health. Because what I found was during that experience, I started to diet mentality started to creep back in that self loathing started to come back that, oh, well, maybe I need to restrict. Oh, I maybe I need to count things again. Maybe I need to. And I sat with that for maybe two or three weeks and just decided, no, I won't go back there. I don't care what my hormones are doing. They're definitely readjusting and I'm starting to feel good again. So I think definitely having that keto greens reset was good for my body. It helped my hormones get back into balance, but I'll never go back to that diet brain again or that complete reliance on the scale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think this is an important conversation. I'm really glad we had to wait a year because me too. (laughs) I my list is so long. Tight little, you know, right. Tie the bow and my life is great. I think that we learn so much from hearing about other people's struggles and challenges. And, you know, when it all just clicks, that's amazing. But when it stops clicking, why? And our bodies are complicated. And so people will say things like, intermittent fasting stopped working. Well, no, it didn't, quote, stop working. But you had changes in your body that required a different solution. Intermittent fasting is always there doing amazing things in our bodies, helping us to be healthier. But it might not be the only thing we have to do for weight loss, especially as we get older as women. And, you know, I'm on the other side of menopause now, and my body is different than it was. That's natural. And instead of like, well, intermittent fasting stopped working for me. No, it did not. It will never stop working for me. But I've had to look more deeply into, okay, what am I putting in my body? This 52-year-old Jen's body cannot drink a glass of Prosecco that was Costco generic Prosecco every single night. That's what I used to drink. And when I wrote that and delayed on deny that I had a glass of Prosecco every single night with dinner, maybe two, and it was Costco generic that worked for me then that does not work for me now. Yep. My and that's exactly, different. yeah, that's exactly what I meant a few minutes ago when I said, I think it's important that we continuously listen to our bodies because they change and what we need and what's good for us and what's quote unquote working for us is different over time. And although it would be fantastic if we could just find something that works that we're happy with and just set it and forget it, that's not how life is, right? We, we not don't how your body works. It's not. And, and that's okay. And what I've learned in the last year and and through the challenge of having to readjust is life is about continuous learning. It is about continuous questioning and being curious and listening to our bodies and being okay with some fluctuation because we're not robots and we're not these machines. We're human beings and we change. And if there's anything I've learned, it's to give yourself grace and to just trust that if you're seeking the healthy way, I came to intermittent fasting absolutely for the weight loss. The things that I've found to be consistent over the last three and a half years for me have been the fast itself. I can't imagine there is practically nothing in this world that would ever convince me to stop doing intermittent fasting. I just can't imagine life any other way. It is, oh my gosh, like it is the biggest gift and it's the right thing. And I just know it in my soul. It's the right thing for my body. And I believe it's the right thing for everybody in some capacity. Windows, timing, all of that is going to be different per person, but we need the time to allow our bodies to rest. 
We do. We need the digestive rest. We do. We need it. Our bodies are not designed. They are not. Just like a car is not designed for you to drive at 90 miles an hour without stopping. Our bodies are not designed to be constantly in the fed state 24-7. 100%. And the other thing that's been consistent for me has been there are so many differences of opinions and so many diets and keto and paleo and cleanish. And the only thing that the common string is eat mostly whole foods, eat mostly foods that are real, you know, unprocessed. I haven't found anyone out there who would disagree with that, who would disagree. No, you're right. Unprocessed foods is the healthiest way to eat no matter what they are. And even when, like I've talked about before, when I look back at the T-Factor diet, the first diet book I ever read back in the very early 90s, when I looked back on it now, I totally got a different message. He wanted you to eat real food. He didn't say, get some snack wells and SpaghettiOs. They have zero grams of fat. No, <laughs> he wanted you to eat low-fat real foods. That was it. All of them have that foundation in common. So really, the diet wars are really a little bit mistaken because we all agree that real food is better. I mean, most people do. I mean, there are the people who are, there was that some professor somewhere who did some like Twinkie diet trying to prove that it was just the calories. But (laughs) other than that guy, I think we pretty much agree that whole foods are the basis. It's just a matter of figuring out what feels best to you. Absolutely. And there's, I mean, there's so much science and evidence and I'm truly appreciative of all of the functional doctors too, who are now, you know, doing all of this research. There's so much evidence around autoimmunity and the role that insulin plays and insulin resistance and inflammation in the body plays to all of these disorders that are quite literally killing us. We're not dying from communicable diseases anymore. We're dying from autoimmune diseases and things that for the vast majority we believe can be healed through lifestyle. And I'm really grateful for all of these studies and and the people who are speaking up and saying, hey, it really is about getting our metabolic flexibility under control. It really is about getting our insulin under control. It really is about eating well, eating healthy and healthy. I mean, define healthy. That's the thing is there are so many different ideas around what healthy is, but if it's real food, you're at least doing something on the right track. You're on the right track. And exactly. and it really doesn't have to be any any more complicated than that. Just eat food. <laughs> yeah. Michael Pollan, his words are brilliant. I mean, really, we could have just stopped there with that. Eat food. Mostly plants, something like mostly that. Mostly plants, not too much. You put it in whatever you order you want. But I mean, I know some people would agree with the, disagree with the mostly plants, but I, I really do genuinely in my heart believe that a healthy gut does great with mostly plants. Unfortunately, not everybody's got a healthy gut. Right. Well, <laughs> and I think to the ultra processed food. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, let's not overcomplicate it. Fast and eat real food, whole food, unprocessed food, shop the perimeter of the grocery store. And I do try to also eat organic. I know that's not available to everyone. I eat a lot of meat, especially ha- have feeling so good on keto or keto type. I don't consider myself keto anymore, although I'm in ketosis most hours of the day. I'm a checker. I'm a tester. I like to know just because the carbs that I do eat are mostly coming from green leafy vegetables. And I almost no sugar other than natural like fruit and things like that. But I don't eat, I don't eat a ton of fruit, but the meats that I get are from grass fed pasture raised. And, and I do find a huge difference. So I certainly hope that quality whole foods become more and more available to the masses as well. And I think that over time, and as we demand that, they certainly will. 
it's good to see, you know, like Walmart, for example, carrying Whole30 approved type. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. we're getting there. We really are. Like store brands, like their store brand organic options now at every grocery store that I've been to. I don't know if it's true everywhere, but every grocery store I've been to, and we don't have fancy grocery stores in Augusta. Let me just say that. Like, you know, when I, when I said we're the only like big city in the, the world that can't keep a Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Our Whole Foods closed. Anyway, they'd never closed one before. Thanks, Augusta. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but there are a lot of better options than there used to be. I remember I talked about in Cleanish how when we did the fine gold approach with our boys when they were little, how hard it was to find anything. You couldn't find organic cream or organic sour cream in a regular grocery store. You could only get that at Whole Foods. I remember a parent that child was in my class, like went to Whole Foods and she brought me a gift of some organic cream. And I was so excited because it was like an hour away to go get it. Yep. Yep. We're definitely getting there. I can't wait to see where we are in 10 years. Exactly. I hope so too. So you're more than cleanish, I would say, with your eating at this point. You're pretty clean. I'm pretty clean. I'm pretty clean. I go through hills and valleys. During COVID, a lot of ice cream. There was a lot of ice yeah, cream. Yeah, I love ice cream too. <laughs> it didn't impact weight or any. I was, you know, in that time where my body was just in its doing its along. thing. It was humming along. Yeah. I love bread. There's a new wild grains or something that I'm going to try that looks to be a little bit the frozen that comes to yes I use it do is it called wild grains yes and you do like that I love it yeah that's (laughs) on my list of things Mm -hmm. to try it's sourdough because I don't want to reintroduce a lot of because for me it's the hyper palatability I definitely have an addiction to sugar so I try to stay away from sugar when I do eat sugar, it's usually more like honey or... The tricky thing about wild grain is they send you a box that is like pre-selected. So you can't... Like last night with our dinner, I made breakfast for dinner and I had some wild grain biscuits because you can't like opt out of things. So it was like a cranberry orange biscuit. Oh, so yeah, that might be a problem. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to work as well for you. But I mean, we were like super excited with the biscuits and my family's like, these are so good. But there's always some sweet stuff in the boxes. Yeah. Well. I've, I've thought about, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I've thought about getting my own sourdough starter and just teaching myself to, to That's bake what it. You should do. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to pick for you. For somebody like me, we don't avoid the sugars. We don't avoid, you know, like, like they had these sticky buns. I mean, you're not, you don't want sticky buns. It's going to send you me can't, off. Yeah. You can't pick and choose <laughs> what, they, what they send, like, but their sourdough bread is amazing, but you can make your own. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah, I'm going to. And, you know, a treat for me is like, I love medjool dates rolled in like coconut flakes or dark cacao. And every now and then I'll have some dark chocolate. And like, it was my birthday. I had a piece of birthday cake. I mean, like the legit full sugar birthday cake. And, you know, the scale went up three pounds the next day and then it settled back down. So it's, it's and it wasn't good. three pounds. It wasn't fat. three. Exactly. So you gained three pounds of fat for one piece of cake. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's silly to be dogmatic about it. And I, I think you just, again, trust your body. And if you eat things that make you feel even more obsessed about food, don't eat them because there's no reason to live in that kind of life, but also give yourself a treat every now and then. And so I certainly do that. I'm going on vacation in a week or so I'll have ice cream on vacation. I'm not going to not treat myself. And I'll probably have a six or eight hour eating window and I'll probably get biscuits and gravy and maybe even a bagel sandwich one day. But I don't eat that way 
daily. So yeah, I would still consider myself cleanish, but probably more on the clean side than the ish. And even on vacation, you're not going to pick foods that make your body feel really, really bad. I finally learned the lesson, finally, maybe, I hope, (laughs) that fries at certain restaurants, I cannot eat them. And I should go the rest of my life without ever eating those fries again because they give me a really bad stomach ache. And so, you know, I don't want to have a really bad stomach ache. And so I'll just have to make fries at home, potatoes tossed in olive oil, made in the oven, and then not have a stomach ache. So I don't want to feel bad on vacation, but ice cream on vacation, I'm okay. (laughs) Same. Ice cream would be one for me. But yeah, um, I can't say enough about intermittent fasting has, to me, it's saved my life and not just because it's given me the freedom from the obsessive thoughts and being obsessed with either never being good enough because I'm too way too much or just this being tied to the scale and to wait all of the time, that freedom, there's no greater gift than freeing someone who's been in that diet roller coaster their entire life to not be on that anymore. And it's not like life is perfect and you don't ever have thoughts around that. Obviously, when I started gaining weight, I freaked out a bit. I got scared because, you know, you hold tight to what you know is working. And when you feel like maybe it's not working or, or you've got to figure something out, it is a scary thing. But the good news is you can figure it out. The good news is you just keep doing you just keep taking one next step towards getting more information and you just follow the breadcrumbs, right? And they will lead you to the to the right answer. And you've got to find the root cause. You have to find the root cause. If intermittent fasting was working great for you for weight loss and weight maintenance, and then all of a sudden it isn't, something is different in your body. It's something Mm -hmm. is different in your body, maybe something in your gut. Like I've told the story before about my friend that taught with me that went on a, a trip to South America and she got food poisoning. And it destroyed her gut, that food poisoning. And she could not maintain her weight. Her weight dropped to the point that she was like unhealthy, underweight. And it wasn't because she wasn't eating enough. She couldn't keep, like food went right through her. Her body changed. Something powerful in her body changed. And so we just have to know that about ourselves. It could be your thyroid. It could be you know, an illness that you had, it could be, there's something in our bodies. We're we're just very, very complicated. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Yeah, and I think we're also impatient. Well, I know I am impatient. Well, <laughs> so I knew intuitively that it was hormonal just based on everything I've learned over the last few years and then learning that I am indeed postmenopausal. I knew it was hormonal. So I sought the right advice from the right doctors and started doing things that I, and I could feel in my body almost immediately 
that it was reacting in a positive way. And like I said, 10 of the 15 pounds have, have come off. And then, you know, I find myself going, but what about the other five? But, but you know what? Maybe they'll come off. Maybe it'll take a year. Maybe they won't. Maybe this is, and maybe I, that's your postmenopausal weight. And that's okay. Right. Cause I'm at a very healthy weight. You for, look amazing. Well, I can thank see you. <laughs> but I think we get so impatient and we put a time period, to, like it's got to happen by this time or I give up or it's not working or it's not, but we don't know. I mean, obviously there's a lot of havoc that menopause wreaked on my hormones and it's going to take time to settle into whoever I am now, right. To be completely healthy. And I've got to be patient with that. And life's too short. <laughs> life's too short to wake up every day and, and worry about, did I lose another pound? Or today I wake up and I, I know what I'm going to do. And intermittent fasting has given me this too. So I know you, you like to talk about non-scale victories. And for me, it's given me the energy and the focus and the ability and desire to do other healthy things like the cleanish we talked about, like, like cleaning up some of the products that I use, but I get up every morning and I, I have my routine. I do my affirmations. I take my dog for a walk. I make my coffee. I do yoga every single day. Maybe it's only 15 minutes. Maybe it's 30. I meditate for five or six minutes. It's a morning routine that I didn't have pre intermittent fasting. And really that I didn't start until I was a good year into it. That is just now part of that day and I work and, and I don't think about food and I drink my coffee. And now I've gotten to where I drink mostly decaf because I don't need the caffeine and because I have the energy without it. And I don't think about eating until later, four or five, when it's time to, you know, I'll usually open my window. Right now I'm opening it with one of Dr. Anna's keto green shakes because it's been helping me balance my hormones. And I, it's, I love it too. It, it's fantastic. The Mighty Maca is really good. And, you know, then I cook dinner, I'll take an hour to cook dinner and I'll maybe snack on a couple of things while I'm cooking dinner. And then my husband and I sit down and we have a great dinner and it's a healthy dinner. And usually depending on the day, some nuts maybe. And usually it used to be some cheese, but during this little hormone, I've cut dairy for just a short time. I'm going to definitely reintroduce dairy because I love dairy and, and maybe some wine. And, and that's, you know, that's my day and it's happy and it, it works for me. I lost all my skin tags. I had probably four or five skin tags. I didn't even notice they were gone until someone on one of the podcasts, I think it was the IF podcast, mentioned that that could be a side effect of intermittent fasting. I'm like, well, what do you know? I don't have any. I didn't even know they were gone until I, I heard them. And you look for them and you're like, they're, they're not here. They were gone. Yeah. Some skin tightening. I'm, you know, I've got two kids. I've still got, you know, the loose skin and, and whatever, but there's been some skin tightening and I expect that'll continue. And I went off allergy medication within six months. I take serapeptase and that helps me to control allergies. And I used to like not be able to go 10 seconds without clearing my throat, sniffing. I was on Zyrtec, I, miserable, just, you know, eyes, what that's gone. And just the knowledge now that I never felt like I could commit to anything long-term. I'm, like I said, very impatient. I have a very fast paced career. I'm in, in a very high stress environment. And I like that because I get bored very easily. And I tried every diet known to man because I didn't want to or probably couldn't stick to any of them long term. And so it's just taught me that I can stick to a lifestyle long term if it's the right lifestyle. I just hadn't yeah. found the right lifestyle yet. That's huge. That's huge. Can I share a funny story about the allergy meds? Yes, please. You know, I haven't taken allergy meds since 
2016. And I, of course, I credit that a lot with intermittent fasting and lowered inflammation. Also, as I've gotten cleanish and cleaned things up, you know, that my bucket, my toxic load is lower. So I just went on a trip to Little Rock for an event that was there and it was fantastic. I loved being there, but I had to fly on the airplane. And so it's pollen season. We're recording this in March. The day before I left, pollen literally going through the air. But, you know, I'm not sneezing. I'm fine, just like normal. So, but pollen is everywhere. I'm filling up my bucket. So we get to the airport and all the scents and everything. They're puffing them out in the bathroom. They have this scent dispenser that you wave your hand and it gives you a puff of, I'm like, I don't want that. But anyway, so I'm there for all these hours and then I'm sitting in the Delta Sky Lounge and I'm like, I had some hummus. I had some vegetables and I'm like, I am now going to eat these barbecue potato chips. Okay, so I eat the barbecue potato chips. Definitely not anything clean about those. My nose immediately started to tickle while I was eating them. My nose started to run. I started to sneeze. I sneezed the whole rest of the day. I just filled my bucket. Yeah, I was just going to say, you just reached your level. (laughs) My bucket was full. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm living it. The allergies, the pollen, my body was handling the pollen like a pro until I went through all the chemical stuff of the airport and the airplane and the barbecue potato chips. That was it. (laughs) That was the last And I was like, when they picked me up at the airport, I was running, sneezing. I'm like, sorry. But I woke up the next day. I was fine. <laughs> it is. It's anyway. crazy. And it's it's funny because 10 years ago, you wouldn't have even had a clue as to what caused no, that. I would have just said, it's my allergies. They're acting up. But that's how I lived. I lived in that inflamed, so overflowing bucket all year long. So did I. And it was yeah. misery. So it that alone miserable. is worth the IF lifestyle. Yeah, so much, so much. Well, you know, is there anything you struggle with now? I know you talked about the weight gain was a struggle, but anything else? Related to intermittent fasting? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> there is not a an easier, more intuitive, more rewarding lifestyle. It's a cakewalk. It really is. I mean, life is not a cakewalk. In fact, I feel like as I deal with regular life's challenges, sometimes work will get crazy or anxiety will come in or something happens. I feel like intermittent fasting actually helps me cope with it better. Because it's like, I don't know, it helps me departmentalize maybe because I I can deal with those things without having to worry about what I'm going to have for lunch. Because truly, and I know this will resonate with you and with probably most of your listeners, but truly before intermittent fasting, my thoughts revolved around what's next. What's my next snack? What's my next, what am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to drink? When am I going to get more coffee? What am I going to put in it? What's going to be for dinner? Am I going to have a snack before? I mean, it was just constant obsessive thinking about food. Or if I'm on the other spectrum, depending on any given time, in my, it's either constantly thinking about food and what I'm going to eat or constantly thinking about how I can restrict what I'm going to eat so that I can lose weight. And when you remove all of that noise and that noise is there 24-7, I mean, it's on your mind constantly. If you remove that, then that allows you all of the space. You now have all of the space that gives you the ability or gives me the ability anyway, to cope with the other stuff that life brings, to cope with the anxiety, to cope with whatever. 100%. Yep. And that's why we'll never stop. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I know a lot of people talk about, you know, take measurements, weigh yourself, take pictures, take measurements. 
And that's such a common, I wish I would have done that. You hear it all the time, but I didn't take pictures and there's not a lot of photos of me prior to intermittent fasting because, you know, when you're constantly struggling with weight, you don't like having your photo taken. So I didn't take pictures, but I did take my measurements when I first started. And then I got to my goal weight and I threw them all away. So I had them in in the notes because I, well, because my thought process was I am so over that part of my life. I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever want to revisit where I used to be. I found the thing that works for me now. And I just want to live in the now and move forward. And now though, looking back, I wish because of what happened over these last eight months, I wish I kept those because I think it's really important to live in the present. And I think it's really important to have hope for the future. But there are times where revisiting your past, I think is really important. It would have been really nice on the days where I was kind of freaking out a little bit and getting down about having gained weight. Had I gone back and looked at those at where I had started and had I had that because I can now it's only in my head, right? I remember I used to way more and But had I been able to revisit where I started, I would have given myself more grace in these last eight months because I would have reminded myself about how far truly I've come in the last three and a half years and that a 10, 15 pound shift is not the end of the world. And it's I'm still so much further on the other side than where I started. So I think for me, it's less about having a record of your weight or having a record of your measurements, but it's being open to living in the present, but also revisiting your history because your history brought you where you are. And I think that's really important. I think so too. That's good advice. Well, Deidre, I have loved talking to you. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'm glad we had to wait to tell it because the the last eight months is a very valuable part of it. And I know someone listening will be like, that's my story exactly. And they needed to hear that today. Very nice talking to you. Thank you for having me. you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you, like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them, 
In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.